Hey guys, it's Lenny and Sean here from Rod of the Rough. Going to be kind of reviewing the Masters Tournament, coming up with our course preview, our field preview of the upcoming RBC Heritage with your Breakfast Ball podcast. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Lenny. It's Sunday after the Masters and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, we had a good tournament, good one for Hideki. You know, he's, he's a someone I root for a lot, kind of one of my favorite guys. So it's good to see him win. I was a little concerned on 18 when they go, oh, he just has to two-putt this, and he'll secure the victory. And then he missed the first putt, and he didn't look over the ball at all and just walked up to try to hit that two- or three-footer. I kind of was holding my breath for a second because I was just like, please, Hideki, just take your time and make sure you sink this. Um, but good to see Hideki win. Proud for him. You know, hopefully he can carry this on to some future success. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too, but it was it was very interesting the announcer curse, and then then obviously missing that putt it, it made it pretty tense. But it was a it was a pretty good tournament. Almost made a big mistake on the on fifteen too, but made some pretty good plays throughout the whole thing to win it. So it was a good tournament by him. Yeah, at fifteen though, he had what a four shot lead at the time. Was it a three yeah. shot lead? You know, so it's like, all right, he, he gets a double bogey here. Not a huge deal, right? He just has to play good golf the rest of the way. Um, and then Shoffley almost chips in for eagle, and that's when it's kind of like, oh, boy. And Xander trying to push it a little bit. Hits one into the water on 16. Um, tough for Xander. You know, he's someone that, for me, he's fun to root for. Falls to a T3, um, so it's a little tough for him, I, I'm guessing. But I think you finish T3, you're probably going to be happy looking back on this tournament. I know how much all these guys want to win it, though. Yeah, I think that's got to be a gutting way for it to happen, though, on 16 to have a chance and try to push it a little bit and hit it short just on the on the front edge. And anywhere not on the green there is going to go right into that water, which he found out which stinks um but like you said you know he has a, a good a good finish here it adds to the major resume that he has and he does show up in majors so i'm not going to be surprised when i see his name show up on the other other uh, leaderboards throughout the year do you think he kind of has a ricky fowlerism i don't know what you want to call it where ricky would he finish like top five all four majors one year. And, and Ricky was kind of one of those guys that was always there in the majors but just couldn't get it done. Do you think that could happen to Xander, or do you think he does get a major win eventually here? I think it obviously could happen to him. If he doesn't keep winning, he falls into the mold, and then he just fits the next person. Um, and the next Xander will be the next conversation. Uh, but I, I think he's got a lot of potential to, to, to get there. I mean, he's he's found the winner's circle before, not necessarily those types of events, but... I think he's got a lot of poise and talent with him that I think he will end up getting into that winner's circle here sooner than later. Yeah, same. I think he's going to get it done eventually, hopefully sooner than later for him. But, yeah, it was a, it was a good tournament overall. Um, some of the names that we had kind of picked out for ourselves, thinking that we were going to be playing up there at the top. You know, you mentioned Hideki. We have Will Zalator second, Spieth third, Sander third, of course, John Rahm fifth, which we'll take a fifth for John. Um, you know, Mark Leishman also coming T fifth. 
So some interesting names up there. I think, you know, Speed, Chalfley, Rom, nobody's surprised seeing them. What do you think about Will Zalatoris' play this week? Absolutely shocked. Um, it came out of left field for me. Um, I will be honest, I picked him on the Masters Fantasy just because he was uh, the first person that came up. So to me, having a realistically, you're not really a, a known name on the PGA Tour to coming in and playing uh, to a second at the Masters. I mean, you're almost in the final grouping at 24 years old. That's a, that's quite an impressive uh, four days of golf. So I think he's going to be a name that is probably going to be heard quite often uh, just based off of how he was playing and, and controlling himself this weekend at such a place like it is. Yeah, I mean, I had said, you know, he's kind of like the king of that 15 to 25 range. He has been playing great golf this year. Um, he does have a few top tens earlier in the year. Um, but for him to come out and finish second, I was surprised. And the thing is, he looked like he belonged. Like, it wasn't like, you know, he was holding out shots or he was just making lucky putts or anything like that. Like, he was playing very good golf all week. So, I mean, congrats to him. He's another guy, you know, he keeps this up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on these uh, major leaderboards the rest of his career. Yeah, going going back to Shoffley, though, I'm just looking over the leaderboard. I do want to just mention something that I think is pretty impressive. He was at six under at, a, at the start of 11, and then he went seven, eight, nine, ten through the next hole. So he went on a birdie run through the back nine's probably toughest stretch. Um, so I think that has also a little bit of his poise to him uh, to to be able to go birdie, birdie, birdie to to try to put some pressure on somebody like Matsuyama, uh, who was playing so yeah. consistently. So I I think you know that's definitely a highlight that although he's going to be missing out on some money in a, in a jacket, uh, I'm sure he's going to take away that as a some positive for him. Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, any other kind of names you want to talk about in here before we move on? Any other surprises to you? Honestly, Leishman was kind of a shock to me. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really see him as, as a top guy that would come in there and play the way he was playing. And obviously, he uh, he, he came in pretty nicely to finish where he did. Rose, you know, I, he, he hop, hopped up to the leaderboard pretty quickly throughout the, the first couple of days. And he has a good history with the, with the course the first couple of days. But after that, you kind of see what happens, and he fell off kind of, I wouldn't say as expected, because I'm no no expert at this, uh, but it, it was not a necessary surprise to me. I didn't think that he was going to hold on to the win throughout the weekend, did you? No, I mean, Rose played some excellent golf. I think he was someone in that $7,000 range on DraftKings where I thought, you know, a winner could come out of this and play well out of here. He wasn't the guy that I had picked for it. Um, I didn't have him on my $7,000 lineup, unfortunately. Um, but just kind of the injury history, it's kind of you never know with Justin Rose. And he shows that he still has the game to play, you know, and and be up there kind of with those elites. But um, I think a, a seventh-place victory might hurt a little bit with how he came out in that first round. But I'm sure, you know, looking back, he'll be happy with another top 10. But Leishman, though, I you're saying you're surprised with him. He was somebody that I was looking at in lineups, and I had him in some. 
and I ended up taking him out kind of last minute. I was just second guessing myself, looking back on some things, and I was just looking at Leishman's stats, you know, this season. He's just not been great off the tee and around the green and hasn't had a great run of form lately. And I, I, I scared myself out of taking him, um, which has proved to be a huge mistake. Um, but, you know, I had some good lineups this week, had some Hideki and Ron combos that led me to some money. So I can't really complain too much. Um, but including Leishman and some of those lineups would have been very nice. Yeah, I think he was a surprise to some people. I don't know his, his percentage to the uh, to the taking at DraftKings, but I'm sure that it wasn't as high as some of the other players. I know that there were some pretty high uh, high taken percentages of some of those other guys. So if you did have him in there, I'm sure it was a nice little steal. Yeah, for sure. Well, you want to move on to the uh, RBC Heritage here? Yeah, I, I just can't. Uh, I just have to say one thing. Bryson did get his par sixty-seven. Um, <laughs> he, he got his par sixty-seven with his tied for forty-six. So we'll take that and move on to the next week. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right. So this coming week we have the RBC Heritage. Some pretty big names in the field. We have Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Hatton, Simpson, Cantlay. So six out of the top ten looking to play here. This is a course where it's going to be at Harbortown Golf Course. It's a Pete Dye course. So it's going to be similar to what we saw at the Amex, you know, what we saw at the Players. Courses where you have small greens, some forced layups. The approaches that you're going to be taking into the greens need to be um, precise or you need to be putting yourself into good location. A little bit similar to what we saw this week with the Masters. Obviously, it's not going to be as difficult. But I think some of the, the bombers are going to be neutralized, though, with these forced layups. And just giving yourself good angles, keeping it in the fairway, and just greens and regulation this week are going to be some key stats that, for me, I'm going to be looking at with guys that I'm going to be playing so, Sean, do you have any uh, any kind of concern over DJ this week? You know, he's first in the world rankings, and probably going to be one of the highest-priced guys. I'm not sure what his number is going to be. Do you have any concern if you're starting your lineup with DJ? Looking at the guys that are here, I think he's an easy put to, to top the lineups. If he's playing well, it's Dustin Johnson, so it's it's easy to pick him. However, I think, like you mentioned, his price tag is probably going to be a little bit higher just based off of everyone else who is here. So with that said, I don't know if I want to take him this week with everything that's going on with him. I, he hasn't been playing terribly great golf. I mean, he just missed the, the cut at the Masters, uh, and, I, and I'm sure that that's going to fuel him into this weekend. Uh, however, I think for, for the lineup's sake, I, I think I'm going to stay away from him more than likely this week, um, just without obviously without seeing any of the pricing yet, just to see what um, what else I might be able to build with some of these other guys throughout the field. Yeah, that is a note we should make. We're, we are doing this without knowing any of the daily fantasy sports pricing. So we're kind of making assumptions a little bit on what we expect some guys to be priced. I wouldn't be surprised to see him over 11K still. I think 
like you said, like his game is so good that when he is playing well, right, like he is probably the best in the world, right? And his rankings show that. I think if I don't know, I think I'm going to avoid him, right? The Masters is a tough course, but he hasn't played fantastic lately. When Dustin gets hot, though, it's kind of one of those lookout things. Um, I probably won't have him in any lineups. If for some reason he gets below 11K, I'll probably start considering it. But where I expect him to be, I'm going to avoid him. There's another big bomber in here in Bryson. What do you think about Bryson? Any, uh, well, I mean, this course, though, it's the driving is going to be kind of eliminated a little bit, forcing some layups, forcing you to kind of hit some specific shots off the tee. Is there any reason you shouldn't or should take Bryson? Well, I think you said layup there, and I don't know if that word is really in his vocabulary. I don't think that he's going to do some of those smart plays that you might need to make around this course to play the course the way it's supposed to be played. Now, I'm not going to tell him how he needs to play his game. He's made a success out of creating a science lab in the golf course. So I think he can figure out how he wants to play it. However, I, I think he's got a good game and he's got some good values with him with it being able to hit the ball further than a lot of players. I saw him hit a drive on 18 this past weekend that went over the sand traps and rolled for a while, which is insane. So obviously the distance is there, but I've also seen him in a drive into the woods. So with that, I don't know if I want to take Bryson with the big bomb. He is a threat, though. I, I will say that. He is a, he is somebody in my mind that I think about as one of those top guys. If I wanted to pick someone at the top, he's someone that I might take. But again, it, it's so left or right, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. He played well at some of these Florida courses that are similar to API and the players, you know, where he can show that he can get it done at these courses. But for me, I like some of the other guys that are here and Morikawa, Hatton, Simpson, Cantley, Berger, you know, the next kind of tier of guys, how I think it's going to be playing out. I just give me the ball strikers over Bryson. I think this coming week and I will be, you know, more confident. You know, I don't know if I'll be happier with my lineup because taking Bryson's kind of a fun thing to do. You know, you have an eagle opportunity in five holes around easily just with his length and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, what do you think about, you know, kind of the Morikawa, Hatton, Simpson, Cantley range of players? Those would be more of the people that I'd be looking for if I was going to be making lineups in that range. I think, you know, Morikawa came off a pretty, I would say, steady Masters. He didn't have anything flashy. He had just, you know, played the ball where he needed to, just played kind of smart golf. And I think this kind of course will very much show his talents, you know, the way that he'll be able to, to play the course and, and manage it just the way he did this past weekend. Obviously, it wasn't enough numbers to put where he wanted to, but on a course like this, you might be able to see some more of those. I think Webb Simpson's somebody here that I'm really going to look into. I think he, you know, obviously he won last year, so that's a big hit. Um, and he came in second in 2013. So he's got a very good course history here. He's also somebody that fits the bill for all those people that you, and all those things that you just listed off. 
so I would say out of the, the top guys, Webb Simpson, Colin Morikawa are my top two. Um, but there are a bunch of guys in this next por- portion of the listing that I think would very well counteract with with some of these players. Yeah. Cantley is someone I am intrigued about, I think. He he played bad at the Masters. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I mean, he shot a 79 the first day. And for me, I think that's going to be probably a bit more of a one-off. I, I think his game is too good for him. You know, I, I shouldn't say that. It, because he did play so bad. But I just think that he is good enough where he's going to bounce back quick from this. And, I mean, I didn't get to see much of him, basically, because he he wasn't playing this weekend. Um, So I don't know too much of kind of the story of all these double bogeys and bogeys that he carded. He came back with a 73 on Friday, which was just about the average. but that first round 79 killed him. And I also think that it's going to kind of neutralize his ownership a little bit. It might not be so high. You know, when you click on a guy, the first thing you're looking at is that previous week's results. And then you see a missed cut with that 79-73, and I think a lot of people shy away. So I think from that ownership leverage percentage, Cantlay might be someone I'm interested in this week. He'll have to see at his price range, obviously. Um, so he's someone I'm just going to be kind of making a note of, keep my eye on. And of course, Webb winning it last year um, had, had a decent Masters. Same with Morikawa, decent Masters. You know, they're guys that I will I will consider, um, but I might try to look at the leverage play with Cantlay and just that his ownership is probably going to be lower than a lot of these guys. We got some interesting plays that I think kind of coming up with these next guys with Matt Fitzpatrick, Billy Horschel, Paul Casey, Sung J.M., Lee Westwood. Kind of looking at this range, some mixed results this past week at the Masters with some of them. Um, Sung J was someone similar uh, to Cantlay, who I thought was going to, you know, be up there, be kind of at least battling you know maybe a top 20 or so and he's another guy who just played awful I mean he had a nine on 15 which right away you put up a quad on a hole that's not going to help your score and I might I might shy away from Sungjae a little bit here uh, just because he had two rounds that were bad he went 77 80 where Cantlay at least had one decent round. Sungjae just had two bad rounds this week. Yeah, when I look at this listing, I, I don't really see too many guys that, again, pre-posting of the of the the money line of where I would pick any of these guys necessarily in that lineup. I think I'm going to try to find somebody who, who's in the top portion of somebody we previously mentioned. If, I, if I'm looking at anybody in this list, I mean, Daniel Berger sticks out to me as somebody that is pretty consistent with the ball and, and hits the ball very well. Um, Lee Westwood is also somebody who's been playing really good golf. Um, you know, coming in with the players, the streak that he had, the, the couple tied for seconds. Um, you know, is, is, did he reach his peak already? I don't know. Um, he might be somebody that 
to me, if the prices come in and the money is right, maybe the West would fit in with one of those top guys. Um, but out of the, out of the ones that are there, I don't know. I mean, Billy Horschel did have a nice little slide off the off the green, so um, I'll give him an extra credit there for that. But uh, other than the match play, I don't know if I'm taking Billy for any of these tournaments in the future. Yeah, come to a lot of these guys in this range didn't really have good weeks this week. Um, so it's it's kind of you're going to have to make a little bit of a, a gut pick here on which one of these guys was this a one-off, which one of these guys is going to be playing this well. Um, yeah, I am a little concerned, though, like you, that Lee Westwood, maybe he just had that hot streak going. And that's kind of what it was because – he missed the cut this week again. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to avoid him just because I don't know what I'm getting out of him. Where, you know, some of the other guys like Cantley and DJ, I think throughout the entire year, they're so much more consistent. We know the kind of golf that they play, what we expect week in, week out. And the missed cuts are kind of just the outliers. But with Lee Westwood, I don't know if they are, if that's what we should start expecting to see. Yeah, he's someone I'm just going to avoid just because I, I don't like the volatility. I'm just not sure exactly where his game's at at the moment. Yeah, it, it's a, it'll be an interesting one to see if he can turn back around because if he can, then obviously he'll become a household name this year like he's been in the early parts. Uh, so it'll be it definitely will be interesting to see how he, he he turns this little hitch around. Some of these next guys we have: Harris English, Tommy Fleetwood, Cam Smith, Abe Answer, Kevin Na. For the most part, these guys had some decent weeks this week. Anyone in this range sticking out to you that you're going to be looking at more? I do like a few in here. Probably uh, not a surprise to you. Uh, Cam Smith, Tommy Fleetwood, they stick out to me as people that I, I've just consistently liked. Tommy Fleetwood has had a few home ones over the past couple weeks. Cam Smith has been playing pretty good the last few weeks as well, had a good Masters this year. Uh, so those two guys are, are definitely people that I'm, I'm looking at, seeing if I could fit them into the lineup any way I could. Uh, Kevin Na, somebody who I also think could be well worth the price range here, kind of sneaking in there as somewhere in the high level kind of mid range level ish to that player who can, who, who can slide on the radar maybe as somebody that I could do. I think it's interesting. You stopped at Kevin non didn't go on to Christian Budenhout. So I'll just go. And yeah, there you go. You can correct me. So you can be the correct person here, but I'm actually looking at him too, just based off of last week. I think, you know, I've, I've never really heard of his name and I think there's a reason why. But um, he had a very good Masters. And I, I, he had a, and his name was popping up on top of the leaderboard a few times. So it'll be interesting to see if he can, what his price range might be coming in at, as well as the momentum that he could potentially keep bringing in from this past week. Yeah, for me, this is a range of guys that that I like. Um, yeah, Zayden Howe, though, didn't leave him out of this on purpose. I'm just kind of going through here, but he is a good person to add in here because I do like him. Abe Answer, Cam Smith, Harris English, I don't know about. Probably not going to have too much of an ownership of him. Fleetwood, 50-50 on. But the Cam Smith, Abe Answer, Bezaden Howe, I think are guys that I will be looking at. Um, probably 
probably will own. I wouldn't be surprised if I own two out of three of these guys. Cam Smith is playing great. Abe Answer, such a good ball striker. I think his play is going to fit this course well. Zayden Hutt's been playing great also. Um, so I think, you know, for me, it's kind of those three guys I'm probably going to uh, dial in on a little bit this week. Definitely going to be looking into more about, you know, how I think they're going to fit the course and everything. So, you know, we'll see. But English Fleetwood, I'm probably going to avoid. Kevin Na, I don't know. He did He did play decently this week. But moving on, we have some of the uh, – some of the older guys here, Kisner, Garcia, Kucher. Then we throw in Corey Connors, the ball striker there. Shane Lowry. What do you think? We have some guys that are proven winners on the PGA Tour here. Um, kind of a little bit lower in the rankings. But, I mean, they've proven they can win. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned one of the names in here, Matt Kucher somebody who stands out to me just based off of how you described the course earlier and what is needed. You know, he, he doesn't have to hit a, a far ball to, to get very far in, in his game, uh, but he definitely can control where he wants to hit the ball and make sure he, he gets the ball where he wants to. He's actually had a pretty decent history here. He won it in 2014, and he came in second in 2019. So, you know, with, with that being said, I think he's somebody that Definitely fits that range of, of pricing to fill in as you need it. Um, Sergio Garcia is also somebody that sticks out to me, too. Just being a consistent guy that he is, I think that he might be able to, to do well at this course and stand out. Corey Connors had a hell of a Masters. I think that, uh, he, he had uh, he had the hole-in-one in six, right? I think mm-hmm. it was six. Yep. Um, so I, I, nobody was coming close to those pins, and he was just, he, you know, that, that was an incredible shot. So... You know, Corey Connors, somebody that has been playing really well this year. Uh, it would be interesting to see where his pricing is if he is truly ranked down this low or if he goes up a little higher just based off of his previous play. Um, but if he if he's priced right, Corey Connors is definitely, um, along with Matt Kuchar, I think those are the top two out of this out of this little section of grouping for me. Yeah, Corey Connors, such a good ball striker that courses like this, he certainly, I expect for him to play well at. I certainly don't think that he will be priced as low as kind of he is in the world golf rankings. I expect him to be to be higher. I, I probably could see him higher than, you know, Bezaden Howe, Answer, uh, English, Westwood. Probably up there kind of. If he's in the 9,000 range, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would expect that. If he gets up to 10,000, I'm going to avoid him, I think. Um, low nines, high eights, I certainly will be buying in on it. So we'll just have to see kind of where the rankings come out or the pricings come out. The rest of these guys I'm not too hot on. Probably going to avoid them. Um, the next group, though, we got the the big Will Zalatoris in here. Bobby Matt, Carlos Ortiz. Some of the young guys that that we're kind of seeing start to show up on the tour. Got also Matt Wallace and Siwoo Kim, who had some decent tournaments for themselves as well. Are you going to go back to Zalatoris this week, Sean? It might be enticing. I mean, why not? The kid carried Happy Gilmore's bag, and now he's taking seconds at the Masters. I would definitely take him in this tournament. 
Um, I think I think he's definitely somebody that, depending on the bracing, would be somebody that is filling that void. If he's striking the ball and continuing that over into this way of or into this course, I think he's definitely a steal coming in at a price range of slow. Uh, Robert McIntyre also was somebody that was surprising to me at the Masters. I think he had a very good uh, first time there, being uh, being a new person or a new amateur, I guess if you will there. Um, so, you know, he he's somebody that I think will also kind of carry through. I don't know much about the rest of the guys, to be honest with you, so I'm going to stick with those two in this grouping. I just think, you know, obviously they're big names for coming off of this past week. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of liking the, the Bobby McIntyre train here. Finished T12, same with Siwoo Kim this week. Um, so they had good weeks. Siwoo Kim someone who can be a little volatile. Um I typically kind of stay away from him. He's someone I feel, not looking at his stats, but I feel like he's someone who has one, like, excellent round and then kind of is in cruise control the rest of the time. Could be wrong just looking, you know, at, when you look into his stats. But that's, you know, when I'm watching him, how I feel like what I'm seeing from him. Um which there's nothing wrong with that. Brian Harmon kind of did that. He had a very good... Wednesday, Thursday, and kind of just cruised, fell a little bit, already finished T12. So same with these guys, which he's the next guy in the rankings on our list. Um, Carlos Ortiz was someone who I was kind of big on earlier in the year. He's playing all right. Didn't play well this week. Now, an 82 isn't going to do you anything in a tournament. Um he can't go out and have, I think he had like four or five double bogeys in the first round. That's worrisome. You know, if it's like Sungjae, you know, where it you have that quad and a lot of your score comes from having a quad bogey, Carlos Ortiz just had multiple double bogeys, and that worries me. So I think I'm going to avoid him. Probably going to avoid Will Zalatoris. One, I think his ownership is going to be through the roof. His pricing is going to be up there towards the top. And then I just, I I don't know. It kind of worries me a little bit when I see somebody come off, you know, a real big win, how they're going to play the following week. And I'm somebody who doesn't like to pick players off of a win. I tend to avoid it. I know he didn't win, but I, I might consider this kind of a win. Like, this is a fair, you know, personal high for him. I could be very wrong. He could come out here and, and win this coming week. You know, the way he played this past week, he could easily win this tournament. Um, so if you're someone who saw that, you love this game, you thought he kind of has what it takes, take him. I'm not saying not to take him. It's, for me, it's kind of more of a gut thing than, you know, how he's playing or a stats thing because how he's playing in the stats show that he should play well. For me, it's more of just a gut thing that I'm probably going to avoid him a little bit. This next group of guys, though, some kind of a little bit of some personal favorites for me. Um, some lower guys in the rankings, not flashy guys, but we have Brian Harmon, Mackenzie Hughes, Brendan Todd, Russell Henley, Joel Dahman. What do you think about this group here, Sean? Um, I like Mackenzie Hughes if I was going to pick somebody in the grouping. I think he's been playing pretty well, pretty good, decent golf. Uh, he's been kind of 
nothing that's been like out of spectacular, I would say, but he's been kind of consistently coming along. Joel Diamond is, he, you know, he came off that win right before the Masters, or uh, not the Masters. What what did he play at? That was the week of the uh, the match play, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. But was it Puerto Rico? Yeah. So he he uh, Putacana, one of the one of the P's. Um, but yeah, he 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 uh, he, he that win. I mean, he boosts a little confidence. I haven't really heard seen much off of him from that after that tournament. Um, so, I mean, if I was going to choose anybody from those groupings that you mentioned, Mackenzie Hughes was the top of the list for me. Yeah, I am a, I'm a fan of Mackenzie Hughes. He's someone I like to root for. I mean, um, I feel like on the greens, around the greens, you know, he's an excellent putter. He's kind of a, a wizard. Wasn't fantastic how good as I would expect him to. I know hole number five kind of got the best of him today. Um, Brian Harmon, a guy that I've kind of been on all year, you know, just riding him to some good solid, well, not victories, but some money anyways. I think he's got kind of in his last three events, off the top of my head, I think he's got a T12, like T5 and a third. So he's playing great. Um, interested to see where his pricing is going to be. He's someone who's typically, you know, the, low 7,000s, maybe high 600s. But with his play lately, I imagine that's going to go up. Um, we'll see where he's at. If I can fit him into some lineups, I probably will. Um, and then we got Russell Henley, who I like, I think could be a good pick this week. The rest of the guys I'm probably going to stay away from a little bit. Um, but Harmon and Hughes are people I'll, I'll definitely consider. Next, we have Sebi Munoz, Mr. Flex Seal. And then we got Ian Poulter, Dylan Fratelli, Chris Kirk, Adam Long. We'll go with Charlie Hoffman in that list as well. Anything in this group kind of sticking out to you? Uh, kind of shocked by Dylan Fratelli's showing at the Masters. I kind of thought that he might have been somebody that would have done a little bit better based off of some of the results he had this year. But um, Ian Poulter always sticks out to me. I think he he's come he comes along as somebody who's Mr. Consistent or, you know, one of those older guys that at least I can I think is Mr. Consistent because he's been around for so long, but you know he he had a couple bad holes at the Masters, but he seemed to, to pretty well turn it around and continue his way off. Um, Charlie Hoffman's also somebody that I I had I had a liking in before, the way that he's able to drive the ball with some of the distance that he has, might be able to take some corners or cut some things here, so you might see some. Uh, some good things from Charlie, especially from his T. Uh, was it tied for second or straight second at Texas? Uh, I think he was straight up second, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think he. I think he was straight second. So you know, he's had had some good good luck this year so far too. So if he's priced low in the listing of, of people, then I definitely will think about him. Yeah, I, I feel like Charlie Hoffman's one of those guys who's fun to root for. Um, just. I don't know. He seems like a like someone you just want to go hang out with. Chris Kirk is a guy I think who I will definitely be owning a good bit of this week. Um, I mean, his he's been playing really well. I think his game fits his course. Good ball striker. You know, very accurate. Um, I think you know he will have a good week. Dylan Fratelli, like you said, you know, thought he would do better. I certainly did because when I took. Um, 
leash went out of my lineups, he was the guy substituted in. So that was great to substitute a T5 for a missed cut. Um, so I think I think I'm going to stay away from Fratelli. It's more of a personal thing. You know, he, he kind of stabbed me in the back this week, hurt me a little bit. I'm going to avoid him until okay. I... Till I see some better things out of him, but Chris Kirk is someone I will, I'll certainly be owning. Probably, I'm not gonna say regardless of his price range, but probably close to it. I think he's someone who fits the course well, playing well. You know, has a lot going for him this week. And next, we've got uh, JT Poston, Danny Willett, Brennan Grace, Ches Reevy, Hadwin Burns, Ben On. Any of these guys kind of fancy at all or think you might look into a little bit here? I think if you listen to the episode for uh, tomorrow you'll see, or Tuesday, you'll see that Nate's probably going to pick Ches Um I, I think that that's, that's going to be somebody he'll talk about. I was big on Ben Hahn earlier this year. Um, I haven't really seen too much of him come out or anything really since I've mentioned his name. So maybe I've Put a little curse on him. Sorry for that, Ben. Um, Sam Burns is somebody that I've been seeing as of late. Some names and results have popped up and somebody who's been kind of taking on some of those lesser known events and kind of posting some some pretty high numbers. So it'll be interesting to see if if Sam can be somebody who fills in from the bottom of the list and can be a steal. So I, I would say probably Sam Burns if I had to pick somebody in this listing. Bad. Ben on is someone who you should flip a coin. Is he going to have a bad putting week or a really bad putting week? If he has a bad putting week, you know, he can kind of be up there and compete a little bit. If he has a really bad putting week, you kind of just have to look out a little bit. Um, I think Sam Burns, another guy who's been playing well. Um, I think, you know, he, he's someone to definitely consider. Same with Hadwin. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised to see Nate on Chez, um, Alex and Oren kind of down here. Another guy to consider. Um, do you have any other thoughts on kind of these guys towards the, the bottom of the top 100 here? No, I mean, Alex Noren somebody that's interesting to me. I, I think that there's a, a possible spark that could come from him. You know, he's had some big finishes in his, in his career, so he's somebody that could provide that if you're looking for somebody in that price range that might need to provide a little lower percentage or somebody who, who's not out there. I think Alex Noren kind of sticks out to me uh, as, as part of that top 100 listing. Yeah, I think none of these guys are really kind of sticking out to me. Maybe Tom Hoagie, he's someone who can kind of play some decent golf, shows up every now and then. Um, I know he was playing decently last week at the Valero. Um, I might consider him, but kind of all these guys in this range, I'm not huge on, Um, but... Those are all the guys in the top 100 this week in the world golf ranking. So we have 48 out of the top 100. Uh, that's, you know, before the Masters. But I don't think anything is going to change that. I think it'll be a fun tournament, though. We have a lot of 
a lot of big name guys still in this. A lot of big name guys kind of taking the week off, which you know after Masters week shouldn't be too surprised. But what is it? Fifteen out of the top thirty. So it's it's a decent field. Not the strongest, but not the weakest. Um, you know, kind of at a, a first look. You know, before you get too deep into the week, Sean. Just who would you pick out of this list you think maybe might be a winner here? Just a first kind of gut name that comes out at you. For some reason, Wesley Bryan hits me. Um, kind of an odd name as, as a late listing of this person. Um, but for somebody that I would never think, um, he's had a pretty decent history here. He's won in 2017. Uh, he, and I know that was kind of during the run of when he was making his name, so maybe he can find some more luck here. Um, Wesley Bryan kind of is somebody that sticks out. Now, if I'm going to look at like a larger name and kind of somebody that you would more so think of, I, I would say uh, Matt Kuchar definitely um, is somebody that I would put in as a as a top guy this week just due to his consistency it's kind of like a Henrik Stenson in terms of how he'd rather hit his woods instead of his his driver, and that could come into a big advantage for him this week, depending on how the the course wants to play out. So, um, for a long shot, I'd say Wesley Bryan, just based off of some of the stuff that he's had. Uh, but Matt Kuchar would be the top guy for me. Matt Henrik Stenson, kind of a little bit off topic here. Henrik Stenson made a cut this week, folks. I think he's. Four out of 15 or something like that on the season. Um, so great for Henrik Stenson. Hopefully he can, he can get back to some decent form again, get his career kind of back on track. For me, kind of just gut play, first kind of look, who might I pick? I think I would go Chris Kirk. And I mentioned how much I like him. Kind of a little bit in the deeper odds. Um I've just been on Chris Kirk lately. I think it'd be a great kind of comeback story with everything that he's had going on in his life. Um, so I'm I'm pulling for Chris Kirk this week, just kind of a gut play for me. But yeah, we'll have a we'll have a fun week this week. Um, Harbor Towns, it's a good course, peak dive design, so kind of some interesting things can happen right on the water. So expect to see some wind coming in um haven't looked up the weather yet so i'm not sure what that's going to be playing like exactly but any closing thoughts from you sean no i just hope that this masters energy of golf continues and that we keep getting great tournaments on this it's uh it's a good time to be a golf fan with everything just sparking up so no more on the tournament we'll have more in the next episode for uh more of our lineup picks but yeah i'm just ready to get this thing going I know, me too. It's kind of, once the Masters happens, I feel like the the season really picks up and we just start getting into the swing of things. So that's all from us here for the Breakfast Bowl. Remember, you know, go follow us on all of our social media, uh, Out of the Rough WK. Remember to go to We Know Fantasy, look at all of our other great uh, sports fantasy information we have out there. And until next week, guys.